Hello and welcome to Best Daily Podcast. Parenting without family. Life is full of fraud encounters. In the How Do You Do It series, Samantha Selinger Morris examines the prickly scenarios we sometimes find ourselves in and asks experts how best to deal with them. It was a heartache that Sarah never anticipated after she married and had too longed for children. I chose to live away from my family in my 20s, says the Sydney mother, 47, who wishes to remain anonymous for privacy reasons. I thought I was just doing what I wanted to do. But now that I have two kids, I can see that that decision was made with no foresight for the future. She's talking about the palpable sadness that has drip-fed into her life on a regular basis as a result of moving to Sydney from Melbourne, where her parents, brother and extended family live. If my family was here, I could just call up my mum and say, can you just take the kids for a couple of hours, we need a break, she says of her and her husband. But the lack of practical support, having someone she could call when she needs a break for an hour or two, is the least of it. Though her husband is from Sydney, her mother-in-law still works full-time, and her father-in-law is elderly. The thing I struggle with most is the sadness around not having family here, she says. The reminders are constant. It totally pulls on my heartstrings, and I feel incredible envy and sadness that I can't be there, she says about how she feels when her brother posts photos of himself with her parents and cousins on the family WhatsApp chat. Happy occasions including her birthday, Mother's Day and Father's Day are triggers too. I actually left a bar mitzvah early once, I ran out crying because I could not handle other families, happiness around me, she says which is awful. But I was yearning so much to have that experience with my own family. And I was so envious of this big family, and the closeness, and all the cousins, and the dancing. I couldn't handle it. It's a suffering that is acute and, for many, hidden. While people might notice if you have a drinking problem, and start to slur your words, it's harder for them to see when you have loss at the center of your life. I have heard it described as being this very palpable absence, says Professor Caroline Hunt, president of the Australian Clinical Psychology Association, of people who raise a family without their extended family living nearby. And it's a situation that many Australians find themselves in. As of last year, 29.8% of Australia's population were born overseas, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics. In 2020 alone, 368,700 people moved interstate. And raising a family alone, says Hunt, can easily lead to anxiety or depression. And particularly if you're already a bit vulnerable in other ways, in temperament, to being anxious or depressed, she says. Those people are going to be most at risk. One of the biggest struggles people have with this situation, she says, is the lack of an emotional and practical safety net that extended family often provide. Sort of always knowing in the back of your mind that if something does happen, if I get unwell, or I have to do something, then there's somewhere I can take my children, to a safe place, says Hunt. Or somebody can go to the shops and get something for me. The absence of that, she says, is very difficult to quantify, but it has a big impact. It's one that Gina Becker, a South African mother of three, has felt on and off since moving to Sydney 17 years ago. You hear the phone calls other kids make, and they'll go, oh like I just rode to my grandmother's house, says Becker, whose children are aged 15, 12 and 8. Your heart kind of goes, she lets out a mournful sigh for your own children.
It is a daily sort of feeling like you don't have what you should around you, for yourself, for your family, and your kids. It isn't the only trigger. She feels sadness for her aging parents, too, they live in South Africa, that they're without their grandkids. When I see an old person cross the road here, she says, I feel sick. She, too, questions her decision to move here with her husband, who is also South African, though she did so for the advantage of a safer environment, South Africa has a high incidence of crime and work opportunities. I have heard from my therapist over the years that acknowledging the pain and sitting with it helps, it dissipates, rather than trying to avoid it by online shopping, taking drugs or drinking, says Sarah. I don't do that, sitting with the pain, a lot. Instead, she often relies on shopping. It's called retail therapy for a reason. Yeah, look it's a distraction. So it diverts the mind from I'm feeling this pain, to what I can I buy next. So what should families in this situation do? Focus on the present, says Hunt. Worrying about the future or ruminating about the past, it's going to make it feel worse, she says. Focusing on where you're at in the moment and dealing with the moment, of course there are ups and downs, but it's a useful thing. We can dwell on our losses. We can dwell on the things that might happen in the future. That can often not be a very useful place to be. So, try catching yourself when you're doing that, and going, okay, well, yes of course, I miss my family being close, but what can I do right now? For Becker, this has often meant reflecting on an unexpected joy, tight-knit friendships with people in the same situation who have been united, in part, by their challenges. I'm very lucky that I've got lots of South Africans around me, people who've also left their homes, she says. My other close friend is English. I've got an old friend who's Mexican, a very close friend who grew up in New Zealand. You probably have things in common, you understand things, and that fills me up. Seek professional help, says Hunt, if the sadness about distant family is keeping you awake at night and stopping you from doing the things you usually enjoy. We can all have good days and bad days, but if the bad days become consistently bad, then that's really a sign to get help. And, says Hunt, Parents should try and connect with like-minded people in their community, perhaps through their child's school, who might be able to provide support, when you just need a break. For the moment, it's working as a stopgap for Sarah. I've got a couple of friends who I feel I could call if the shit hits the fan. And I feel lucky that I've got that. Thanks for listening Best Daily Podcast.